everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Men make counterfeit money. In many more cases, money makes counterfeit men. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Damn good, man. It is, unfortunately, a wee bit early to crack the beer, so little, I just, uh, just got bit. my water. Yeah, same here. I just have water. Ugh. So boring. I think they should uh, they should just change the rule. You could start drinking at, at the, uh, There is no rule. That's the rule that you've made up and I've made up. That's not a rule. All right, all right. You know, so so going forward, uh, I'll start. I'll start at eleven. There you go. And then we won't be able to record after three. <laughs> no, after after twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be all right. Uh, so yes, no, just water today for us. Uh, and uh, what are you drinking out there, guys? Let's 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 hear your stuff, and you can send those into our Twitter account. Uh, but real quick, today's catchphrase is "Men make counterfeit money." In many more cases, money makes counterfeit men, and that was sent in by Sean Byrne via Facebook. Because I ask people to send in their catchphrases on Facebook. So thank you, Sean. Appreciate that. And you can send those into our uh, Twitter account and Facebook. Our Twitter account is at Money Matters Man. And our Facebook account is listenmoneymatters.com. I'm sorry, it isn't that. It's facebook.com slash listenmoneymatters. Get it right or pay the price, Matt. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we have a guest on the show. We're going to get started. Uh, it's David Klein, and he is the CEO and co-founder of CommonBond.co, which is a venture-backed financial services company that has raised over $100 million to lower the cost of student loans in the U.S., which we desperately need to do. David, how are you this morning? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. David, can you turn up your volume just a little bit? How does that, how does that do for you? Uh, it, a little bit more. It looks like the iPhone goes as high as this. All right. So I guess we'll have to speak up a little bit because it's a little low, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, so how are you today, David? I am I am good. I, I myself am on the water train. On the water train. All right. So we're, we're, all, we're all doing it pretty, uh, pretty healthy today. That's good. So uh, I, I want to just dive into this because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of new to this and I don't have student loans. So you're going to have to help me out here. But what is CommonBond.co? CommonBond.co is a student lending platform uh, that provides lower cost financing to graduate students and grads in the U.S. Um, okay. Put another way, it's uh, lower cost loans uh, so that you can save money on your student debt over time. So this is not a refinancing. This is like what you would. This is like a uh, what's the what's the company out there? Freddie May or Franny May? So there's uh, there are a few mortgage companies. You're thinking of uh, Sally May. Actually, I am thinking of the, Sally May. Yes, student loan company. Yes. Um, we Common Bond do refinance, and we do provide um, newly originated loans to those going to school. So we do focus on both. Sally May um, does focus on just the newly originated side of the market. Mm, okay. So so but you but you do both. We do. And are you a bank? We're not a bank. Okay. No. Um, and that's one of the things that um, we think benefits us. Um, so we focus uh, purely on graduate students in graduate students and grads in the U.S. right now. Uh, we started at one school uh, as a pilot, uh, Wharton Business School, which is where I met my co-founders, Mike Teramina and Jessup Sheen. In Pennsylvania? In That's right, Pennsylvania, All UPenn. Right. Yep. And then we expanded beyond the one school to then 20 MBA programs. Quickly after that, 25. And about six months thereafter, 
uh, four different degree programs, MBA, JD, MD, and engineers across 109 different programs. And we will continue to expand over time. All right. I'm, I'm going to sound like an idiot here, I think. When you say graduate programs and grads, graduate programs are uh, like master's degrees, right? Exactly. Okay. All right. So undergrad is your first four years, and then grad is your next two, and then three maybe if you're a PhD. Exactly. And the graduate degrees that we focus on are the business degree, the law degree, medical degree, and engineering. And are you planning on going undergrad? Um, I would like to have as broad an impact as possible. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think part of that does include undergrad at, at some stage of the company. Okay. So this is something – so if someone's planning on going into a graduate program or has already graduated, they, they can look to Common Bond to help them out. That's right. For the degrees, uh, for the degrees in which we are currently in. Okay. So what is what makes you guys different from anybody else? Sure. So there there are a few things. Um, if you take a look at who the lenders are in the market, um, the federal government actually uh, represents over ninety percent of all loans uh, in in the country. Really? Um, they do. Yeah, they, they ended up taking over the student loan market after the financial crisis because a lot of the private lenders had uh, removed themselves from the student loan market, yet there was still a need for people to go to school um, and pay for it. And of course, student loans is one of the major ways that folks pay for um, the, the relatively high cost of, of education. So the federal government came in. Um, they currently represent over 90% of the market, um, and they charge one interest rate to everybody. Um, and so what that does is that it inflates the rate um, for uh, creditworthy borrowers. Um, and so when I found myself going back to business school in 2011, needing to pay my way 100% with student loans, mm -hmm. And I looked at the market to see what my options were. I was looking at a federal government loan that was close to 8% fixed all in. Wow. And, and I, I looked at the, the private side on, the, on the, lend, the, the banking side, and I, and I found something similar. I thought, this is crazy. I remember when I graduated undergrad back in 2002, I was offered, uh, in a similar interest rate environment, by the way, I was offered an opportunity to, you know, uh, get a 2% fixed loan. And I thought something's, something's off here. Um, and the more I researched, the more I discovered that coming out of the financial crisis, the student loan market pretty much broke down. Federal government came in charging one rate to everybody, which is not how you're supposed to price right. risk. Um, the private banks, many of them had removed themselves from the game. Those that stayed in were still charging a relatively high rate unnecessarily. So particularly for creditworthy borrowers. So I thought, you know what, um, uh, something needs to be done. And so I, I found my, my two co-founders, Mike and Jessup, we paired up and, and we decided to, to do something about it. And we started common bond, which pretty much is the company we wish was around when we were looking for, uh, for student loans to pay our way. Yeah, and that was my next question is, is why you started it. But, I mean, that's a pretty big undertaking. What made you decide to go into such a big, scary market? 
Yeah, it's a good point, and maybe we should have been less naive going in. But I think, um, I think that was part of our strength. You know, there are a lot of reasons to believe that trying to fix something so large um, at over a trillion dollars of national debt and the single largest source of unsecured debt in this country, mm -hmm. um, a space that was also and is also regulated. Um, it doesn't make, and, and by the way, is very capital intensive, requires a lot of capital right. on a consistent basis to, to operate. One would think don't even go there. <laughs> right. We, we weren't thinking that we were thinking more, Hey, this is a major problem that we faced one, two, we have backgrounds in finance. So we, we think we know how to fix it. And three, um, we had a very strong entrepreneurial passion, I would say, heading back to business school. In fact, that's the sole reason I went back to business school was to start a company and run it before graduating. And so when I stumbled upon this as a personal pain point, realized that my background was complementary. I found Mike and Jessup, whose backgrounds were complementary to mine. We committed ourselves to fixing it. And and so far, you're but you're helping uh, the grad students and people like yourselves. I mean, you're focusing on the people that you know who you guys are. That's right. For right now, that's exactly what we're doing. The idea. The idea is to um, focus on a targeted part of the market where we can underwrite loans to people who have a very high propensity to pay back. Over time, as that continues to prove out, and it has proven out over the past year or two, um, that folks are paying back, we've basically earned the right to expand um, programs, degrees, and broader market with the investor side of our market. Because not only do we serve borrowers, we also serve investors, and we've got to create a platform that works for both sides. Oh, so is this sort of like the the Lending Club model? It's very similar to Lending Club in that there's a platform that the borrower side and the investor side can plug into. Borrowers can save money by, uh, you know, refinancing this is most of our business is refinancing okay um, by refinancing into a lower rate our borrower saves on average about ten thousand dollars over the life of their repayment um, and then on the investor side it gives investors an opportunity to um, invest in a a group of people and in a sub-segment of student loans that they really haven't had an opportunity um, or had an opportunity of exposure to yet. And when we're finding that there's, you know, heavy demand on the investor side too. So in that regard, it's, it's absolutely similar to Lending Club. Well, yeah, it seems like pe people are going in that direction. And, and I guess one of my questions is, and Andrew, uh, this is, I, I feel like you, this is something you're interested in already. Yeah, so I was curious how you might get involved. I was clicking through your site and, and I saw you had to fill out a form um, you know, and it says you must be an accredited or an investor. So, I mean, is that a requirement? Yeah. So our, on the investor side of things, um, to date, we've had both individual investors and institutional investors. Um, on the individual investor side, the individuals, um, must be accredited investors. Um, the definition of accredited investor today is somebody who has made, um, $200,000 for the past two years oh. or have a million dollars of net worth. Um, and the reason on the individual side, we focus on accredited investors. 
Um, and this is different than London Club, by the way. The reason sure. we focus on accredited investors is because <clears throat> if we focused on everyone, it would require a level of um, regulatory compliance that is prohibitively expensive for um, early stage companies that are you know, looking to grow right. with a, um, you know, what I would call respectable cost basis. Mm. And so we focus on the accredited investor. Lending Club, by the way, and Prosper as well, because they open it up to anyone who can invest, they actually have to file every single transaction with the SEC, which brings on a significant amount of um, overhead. regulatory burden and overhead yeah. to, uh, to the organization. Exactly. Doesn't mean we won't ever get there, but for right now, it doesn't make sense for our business. Right. Now, on the, uh, the, the graduate student side, right? Uh, let's say I'm looking to go and get my master's degree. What should I consider? How do I, how do, like, what should I, what, what should I consider with, in getting a loan? Like, what are some of the things I should be looking for? It's besides just sure. interest rate, you know? Sure. So what, what I would say is if you're somebody, let's say you want to go get your MBA. Yeah. And uh, you're, I would suggest this. Think not just about what program you want to study at. Think also about the financing. And I know that sounds um, kind of obvious to say, but I think um, a lot of people don't necessarily think of the financing piece of it before or as they're deciding which school to go to. And the reason I think that's important is because fi financial literacy of, of the folks uh, taking on the loans is, is so important and I think is lacking. And one of the things that we're trying to do is increase that financial literacy. And we, through our blog and a whole host of different channels, we provide information to people to become as informed uh, decision makers as possible. What I mean by that is look at the program you're interested in. Look at one, um, the average uh, or median salary that graduates from that institution typically get. Once you understand it, the ballpark of income you can expect after graduation, you'll have a sense of what your monthly budget is and what your monthly free cash flow is. Hmm. At that point, you can then research your loan options. And when you research your loan options, you want to think about two things. Um, you want to think about, on the one hand, getting the lowest rate as possible in order to save money on paid interest over time. But what you also want to look at, and a lot of times these two things are diametrically opposed, you want to look at monthly payment uh, from a cash flow perspective, right? And the way it works typically is you can get, I'll just give you an example, you can get a five year fixed rate loan for say, you know, 4%, right? Um, on $100,000, right? Um, and that's a really low interest rate versus a 15 year fixed loan at call it uh, 6%, right? Mm -hmm. Now, 4% is lower than 6%. You might think, oh, clearly I'm going to go for the 4% loan. Well, not necessarily um, because the monthly payment on that five-year loan is going to be high, right? And so, if you want to, if you want to optimize for how much cash you have in your pocket every month, it actually might make sense to go with the longer-term, um, higher-rate loan because it'll give you more free cash flow every month, right? Um, the 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 price you pay for more cash in your pocket every month 
is more interest that you pay over the longer term life of the longer term loan. Right. Hmm. So you want to you want to think about interest rate, but you also want to think about monthly cash flow and what's more important to you. And then to bring it all home, you want to check that against what you think you'll likely make after graduating with that particular degree from that particular institution. And if you see that the monthly payments are doable relative to the monthly income you'll likely receive, then you're much more informed in making a decision of a, where you want to go to school, um, well, A, what degree to get, two, what school to go to of that degree, and then three, um, what career you'd like to go into or profession you'd like to go into upon graduation. So uh, I, I want to dive in a little deeper on like the, the finance side of these loans. Um, we've, we've talked to a couple other uh, student loan refinancing companies, and I think like maybe some of the, the terms are a bit more opaque, but uh, I'm looking at what you guys have, and and you know the, the different in ter- different terms like five year, whatever is great. But I also see you have these hybrid rates where you're allowing a fixed rate loan that could then convert into a variable rate loan. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about that? Sure. So we're pretty excited about this. This is the first of its kind um, in the student loan industry at national scale. It's it's what we call our hybrid loan. Um, it's it's an adjustable rate loan whereby, and you got it right, for the first five years, it's a fixed rate loan, and then it becomes variable thereafter. Um, the reason we like this loan is because it simply provides another option for our borrowers, many of whom have such varied financial needs and are in various financial positions. Um, what What I like about this loan, if you think about I think it's best to give an example or a use case of when this loan can be interesting. Take somebody who right now might be interested in that five-year fixed rate loan, Mm -hmm. right? And they're interested in, you can get a five-year fixed rate loan from Common Bond as as low as 3.625%, right? Um, And if you're taking out a loan at $100,000, which is on average what folks... Um, refine the amount that our borrowers refinance about a hundred thousand dollars total. Um, you're going to pay about eighteen hundred dollars a month on your loan payment, and you're going to pay it off in five years, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at our and, and if you want to pay it off in five years, that's your option. That's it, right? But with the introduction with, with the with the introduction of the hybrid loan, um, that person is now able to look at another option, which is for the first five years, that fixed rate is going to be 4.14%, right? which is a higher rate than 3.625, but is amortized over 10 years, not five, and therefore the monthly payment is about 1000 bucks in those first five years. So the person is, is, is saving $800 every month of extra cash flow. Did you guys uh, take... Um uh, do you like kind of model this after like a mortgage arm? It's very similar to a mortgage arm. It's very similar to that. Yeah. And so just as the, the mortgage arm has provided more flexible repayment options in the mortgage space, we think the hybrid loan provides more flexible options in the, in the student loan space. So one of the concerns uh, people have with these variable rate loans is, you know, they, they look at, at the, the big 
text in the terms, and it's like, well, could go up to, you know, I don't know, like 15% or some ridiculously high number. So they all immediately think that, you know, as soon as it goes variable, they're going to get screwed and it's going to go really high. Uh, like, what kind of things do you have in place to, to prevent that or, you know, because uh, I know mortgages, for example, there's a cap every year of what it can go up. That's right. And we, and we have the same thing. So the, the cap on our product is 10.99%, uh, um, just to make sure that if the market rates really got out ahead of us, then you know, that protection is there. That being said, if, if, if you're a borrower who doesn't want to take on that risk, what we suggest is don't take this product, right? There, there are a lot of people out there who um, plan on paying back in five, six, seven years, right? And they think, you know what, if I get into this product, I can save a lot of money in the first five years on the fixed rate, still get a relatively low rate. I'm going to prepay a little bit every month anyway. And I especially can now because I'm saving $800. I could, I could literally take that $800 savings um, and prepay or pay down um, this debt with that extra savings if I'd like. Um, and, you know, by the time they get to the end of the five years, the first five years, the fixed rate, they realize that their balance is much smaller than it was before. Um, and so the variable rate at that time would be applied to a much smaller balance. Um, and so if you're somebody who believes that that's pretty much your time horizon and or really values the option of being able to save $800 a month mm -hmm. on your student loan payment or put that all towards paying back your loan faster, um, then you have that option. Interesting. Because I, I, one of the things that I think is is important to, to note here, and it's maybe more fundamental, is why refinancing has – what's the benefit of refinancing? Like I understand that, yes, you want a smaller – interest rate, right? That's, is that the main benefit? And also, are you only offering refinancing for graduate loans or can you refinance full loans? Sure. So, um, I'll answer the second question first and, oh, the, and the okay. first question. So on our program, um, if you graduated from an eligible degree in, in, in school program, um, you can refinance your graduate school debt and your undergraduate school debt all in one. Oh, cool. So we do, we do allow for that. The second thing is, uh, to your first question, mm -hmm. um, and it was more around why refinance. Yeah, just like and, why, yeah, why do it? Yep. So the reason folks are refinancing through common bond is because many of them have these federal government loans or these private bank loans that let's call it a 10 year fixed rate of, you know, seven and a half percent, sure, eight percent, all in fixed APR. Oh, I've well, seen a lot of them at six percent. That's what I've been seeing recently, but I'm, I, I know they're all over the board. They're, they're pretty much all over the board. The, the federal government rates um, change annually now. In the last two years, um, if you take the grad plus program for, uh, for a moment, um, you know, that rate has ranged from, you know, six point, uh, you know, six plus percent yeah. to seven plus percent. Right. right? Um, so that's the range that you're looking at when you throw in the origination fees that the federal government charges 
the total all-in APR cost of the loan can actually get up over 8%. Damn. So, so that's the base from which people are coming from. Through Common Bond, we're giving folks the opportunity to get into lower rates for the same term. So what lower rates for the same term means is not only are you getting a lower rate, which, which everybody can, can get, mm-hmm. but if you're getting a lower rate for the same term, that also means that you're lowering your monthly payment. So you're winning the interest rate game and you're winning the monthly cash flow game. And so the question is, well, okay, if there's no cost for me to refinance, but I get the benefit, why not do it? Right. Um, and so that's the, that's the real, that's one of the main benefits of, of refinancing. What about some of the, the fluffier things like when you lose your job and, uh, you know, a federal loan will, will give you like uh, a lower payment, like lower required payments until you like find a hard, Like a hardship thing? Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, so while the federal government is the program that has income-based repayment. Yes. Um, as well as economic hardship, I can speak to both of those. Income-based repayment, the federal government um, says that... Um, you know, if your loan payment is very high, but you make an annual income that is low, then we will only take X percent of your annual income and apply that towards your student loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the federal government is unique when it comes to that. What, what other lenders, including the federal government, including common bond provide are protections for economic hardship. That is to say that if a borrower um, on an unforeseen basis finds themselves, you know, in time of economic heart hardship, whether for, you know, they lost their job or unforeseen medical expenses, whatever it is, um, they can apply for forbearance with common bond for three months at a time. Um, and what that does is that puts their student loan payment on hold. Hmm. And we allow for that for as many as 12 consecutive months. That's not all we do. We actually go further, and this is where Common Bond is is pretty unique. Um, We will actually do two things in addition to that. One, we will help the borrower find another job. So we leverage the Common Bond community to connect our borrower to um, uh, an employment opportunity. Um, And the second thing that we'll do is under our uh, and by the way, we call this our common bridge program. Um, the second thing we will do is um, for those interested and eligible, we will find um, paid uh, consulting work for a mission-based organization um, like Common Bond. And what that does, it allows for them to have extra cash flow in their pockets. It allows um, for them to have something unique and interesting and meaningful on their resume during this time of transition. And thirdly, from our perspective as a company, and we've, um, you know, we've piloted this already to, to great success internally uh, with a borrower, it really helps our company because we have them working on something that uh, the company requires that they are qualified to do. Um, and it's kind of a win-win for the company and the borrower. So there is no, there is no like, consequence to even trying to refinance because i know uh like with my mortgage i did a streamline refinance and i almost sat there and thought this is too good to be true like i don't have they don't have there's no upfront payment there's nothing I, i'm just gonna go through the series of paperwork 
And if everything goes well, I'm going to end up with a lower interest rate over the same term. Is that the same situation or is, it, is there some like upfront costs that are hidden or, or why shouldn't someone do this? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, some, some people, some, the, the two things that are getting in the way of someone not doing it is either one, they're just not aware that, that this is possible. Sure. Um, or two, they don't want to have to apply, but we've, you know, worked overtime to make the application process as simple and quick as possible um, because, you know, we went through a process ourselves applying for loans and the, the process was pretty much crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and we committed to creating a best-in-class, simple, clear, and speedy process. And so that's what we've built at, at Common Bond. Mm-hmm. So um, I was looking at my mortgage the other day, and I wanted to go to biweekly payments and pay it down early. And, and it's fine. it turns out that uh, there are terms that Wells Fargo will not accept my payments. They'll hold it in escrow until I reach my, my full monthly you know payment that's due. And then they'll you know put it towards my balance. And it winds up being this thing where – you know, they almost prevent me from paying my loan down faster and, and getting out. Do you, how do you, does Common Bond feel about, you know, people overpaying, getting done with their student loans early, you know, stuff like that? So there are no penalties to, there are no penalties whatsoever to prepaying on a Common Bond loan. Um, what, what we say is, you know, student debt is, is a real thing. Um, you know, that you read a lot in the headlines, uh, about how burdensome it is. Um, it's, you know, both burdensome as well as provides many for opportunity they otherwise wouldn't have had. And so, um, <clears throat> because there is this student debt is burdensome component to it. What we say is, Hey, if you know, we want you to get out from under that as soon as you can. And when people say, you know, they've paid off their loan and people do pay off their loan, you know, it's a celebration. Um, there are lots of congratulations. Um, and so, you know, our, our goal bottom line is to be an advocate for our borrower. Um, we believe that, um, you know, treating our borrowers like friends and family is the way it's supposed to be done Mm -hmm. and looking out for their best interests, not just in making the whole process simple and providing them with savings that go directly back into their pocket for them to do what they'd like with, but also, to just advocate on their behalf because, you know, there are not a lot of lenders out there that are, that are advocating on the borrower's behalf. There are not a lot of lenders out there that, um, you know, seem to be acting within, uh, the best interest of the borrower. Even if that's not true, that's the perception. Right. right? And so, um, what we said is we, we have felt the pain on, on the other side of that as borrowers, we want to create and believe we have created a company that is completely different uh, when it comes to that. Well, speaking of companies that give a shit, uh, you are one of those companies because I'm looking at, uh, you have this social promise called Pencils of Promise. <laughs> and I, and I kind of want you to talk a little bit about this and, and why you felt it was you know, something that you wanted to do when you started your company. Sure. So our, our social promise is, is the following. For every degree fully funded on our... Um, on our graduate school lending program here in the U.S., yeah. we fund the education of a student in need for a full year. 
and we've partnered up with the pencil with uh, Pencils of Promise, which mm-hmm. is a New York-based education nonprofit. They have a chain of over 200 schools globally in countries like Nicaragua, Guatemala, Ghana, and Laos. <clears throat> and we provide uh, tuition, uh, supplies, uh, uniform, and transportation to students at Pencils of Promise schools, such that the the more loans that we refinance and finance here in the U.S., uh, the more good we're able to do uh, and the more educations we're able to fund um, at a Pencils of Promise school. I mean, I think this is great, but why do you, why do you feel or why does the company feel that this is important to do? Yep. And so then it gets to the why. Okay. When it gets to the why, you know, this is, a, this is an hour conversation in and of itself, quite frankly. Sure. Um, what it basically comes down to is just what we believe and what we value as founders, period. So when when we started the company, one of the most important things to me was any company I start must have a strong social mission. And I've been inspired by the likes of you know Warby Parker and Tom Shoes, who have this great one-for-one model that works such that the more profit a company makes, the more good they do. And I thought, you know, how brilliant is that model? Because it's it's very practical and reflective of how we operate. As human beings, we are dual. We're both self-interested and we're altruistic all in one. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're kind of, it's not one or the other, it's both. And so to the extent we can create for-profit models that allow companies to use the for-profit motive and the social good motive as mutually reinforcing as opposed to mutually exclusive then that's a beautiful thing. And there's going to be a whole heck of a lot more good done on this earth than if not. And so as somebody who believes in that so strongly, when it was time to start a company, it was also time to put, you know, our money where our mouth was. Hmm. And our social promise is a reflection of that. And, you know, my hope is that as, and I do think this is a little bit of a generational thing, um, you know, as founders, Mike and I are millennials. We believe that millennials as a generation, based on what the research tells us and our relationships with other millennials, are are values-driven, but they're also practical. They like doing business with companies whose values they share. Um, and this is just a reflection, you know, our social promise is a reflection of, <clears throat> of who we are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I say that we're the first company in finance to bring the one-for-one model to the industry, and that's true. The unfortunate thing, we're still the only company to have uh, a social mission like that. My hope is that uh, this becomes more the rule to have a social mission than the exception. And I'm encouraged by the millennial generation who are people who firmly believe the same, and as we start our companies and become leaders inside of companies that already exist, and are the ones with these values who are able to make decisions um, to to impact organizations. You know, m- my hope, and I'm encouraged by when I meet folks across the country, uh, is that uh, more and more companies have strong social missions. I love that, I, and that's I'm great. It's, I'm glad that you guys were the first to do it, and I'm I'm hoping more companies uh, jump on that uh, that mission as well. And I guess I want to ask uh, just two more things. Um, one, what is your number one tip or what's like a one big piece of advice you could give for people to give to people who are struggling to pay their student loans? 
And then the second part, or it's really just a completely different question, is how can people get started if they're looking to use Common Bond? Sure. So if I'll, I'll, I'll go in that order. Okay. So the first question is, hey, um, having difficulty paying student loans, what do you do? Yeah. It's it's a two-part answer. The first part answer is, you know, ideally folks don't get themselves in that position. And one of the ways to do that is through financial literacy up front. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about that earlier, this idea of really understanding um, what you're getting yourself how into. Much debt, yeah. How much debt you're going to have on a monthly basis, right? How much you're going to have to pay once you enter repayment. Yes. And then look at that, check that against what you expect to make on a monthly basis once you graduate, right? right? That's step number one. To the extent you do that, you make an informed decision and you still find yourself in a position where you're struggling to make payments because you lose a job or you don't you know, make you enough unforeseen medical expenses or, or, you know, you don't get that job that, that you thought you did. Yeah. There are, and that happens too, right? Um, what I would suggest is that you call your lender directly, mm-hmm. you inform them of your situation, um, and um, they should be able to help you out. If they can't, I would recommend refinancing <laughs> Common yeah, Bond right. um, because we do help you out. Right. Um, we do have programs like the Common Bridge program where we help get you um, the appropriate level of employment, where we can help bridge you to that employment through paid consulting work at mission-based organizations. And we have this forbearance policy whereby you can postpone payments for three months at a time for as many as 12 consecutive months. Uh Um, Which leads to your second question, and that is, well, if somebody wanted to get started at Common Bond, what do you do? Yeah, like what's the first Um, step? Yeah. First thing you do, just go to Mm commonbond.co. That's our website. Um, we've tried to make it super simple and clear. Um, you just click on uh, that that button uh, on the homepage up top there. It'll say learn more or get started. Yep. Um, and you go through the process. And we've created something that you can get through in as little as seven minutes. Yeah, it's like a wizard. Um, exactly. Like a walkthrough, walk yeah. Yep, exactly. And if you ever um, hit a snag or want to talk to somebody, we're at the ready to talk to you. Oh, and cool. you know, the people that we bring on board to play that role um, are phenomenal. Um, they, you know, they have great degrees uh, from great schools and are incredibly knowledgeable about our product and can answer questions on that first phone call. Um, and, and, and when they say, you know, they'll get back to you in 24 hours, they actually get back to you in 24 hours. Right, right. Um, so that's, that's what the process looks like. Um, if, if folks wanted to, to look at common bond. Cool. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and, and diving into all this with us. I know there's a lot of people out there who I, I, I think the situation more so is, Hey, I went to college because that's what you do. And then they come out and go, I'm fucked. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? So I think a lot of people end up in that situation. And I, I mean, I think we can, um, any, anything we can turn them on to, to you know, help them out a little bit. I know my brother currently is looking to refinance and has been going back and forth with a few companies. So I'm definitely going to be turning him on to Common Bond for sure and hoping that he can get something there because I know he's also going to graduate school. So we'll see if that works out for him. So I appreciate, uh, David, you coming on the show and explaining that all to us.
Thanks so much. It was uh, it was great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And guys, if you have questions about any of this stuff or personal finance or whatever the case, we'd be happy to answer your questions and, and maybe help you out. So you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And of course, we want you to listen to the show every single day. So please download this show uh, onto whatever device you listen to it on. We, we want you to subscribe, and that way you get it automatically downloaded at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every morning. So uh, another thing is, if you really like the show and we want to know that you do, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And real quick, I'm going to read a review from J.G. J. G. Schultz uh, from the United States. Not your standard financial podcast. Five stars. Thank you so much, J.G. Ta- uh, these guys take a unique and innovative approach to financial podcast. Very informative and entertaining. A must-subscribe to podcast that will surely be around for a long time. And yes, I hope to be around for a very long time with interviews like this and more to come. So thank you so much for that, JG. Also, uh, there are a bunch of tools that we mentioned here on the show. Um, Common Bond is obviously one of them, and it'll be in our uh, toolbox, which you can find at listedmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. If you're looking to do any refinancing or get some student loans for your graduate program, uh, go to commonbond.co for that. Uh, and also i got to give a big shout-out to Betterment for being our sponsor. Thank you so much to Betterment. And, uh, again, thank you, David, for being on. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, and thanks again for hanging out with us. And, of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show.